Welcome to Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Erin Page, and today we're commemorating National Foster Care Month with two very special guests. We have Kay Robinson, Assistant Vice President of Student Affairs at UCO, mom to five-year-old Rex, and foster mom through Angel's Foster Family Network, where Jennifer Abney is founder and executive director, as well as a mom of two. They are here to talk about the foster care experience, how the COVID pandemic has affected foster care in the Metro, and what local families can do to step in and help. Welcome to you both. Oh, thank you so much, Erin. Glad to have you. Kay, you were actually the finale in Metro Family series on foster parents in 2019. We featured you just about a year ago mm-hmm. as you were just getting started in your fostering journey. One of the many cool things about your journey is you were actually inspired by some of the previous foster families featured in Metro Family, as well as some friends of yours who were fostering through Angels. And Angels is a nonprofit agency matching children in foster care with trained foster parents like Kay. So Kay, tell us what have been some of the most helpful resources or supports that Angels has provided to you over the past year? Yeah, for sure. Well, first I'll say is that um, I love Angels. And I would tell any foster parent that's going to foster that they need to consider, really not consider, they just have to go through an agency. I would say that agency should be angels, but that's, you know, that's up to them. But I would say um, having an agency at your back as a foster parent has been invaluable. Um, you know, they have a, there's the little, not even little things, but they have a resource closet at angels. And I know last season when my foster son was just like, we were just into spring and we're like going to the shorts that I had this whole plethora of, and he had had a little growth spurt. So I had to go to angels real quick and get some things for him to help tide him over. And then we always pay it forward and donate his old clothes back to angels. But, um, just that little thing like that, but then also just the support you get from the rest of our staff members, um, the training that you get through angels is like, it's awesome. I mean, it just, it's so good. And it's, it helped for me to spell a lot of the myths and things that I had around foster care after I went to the training. Well, you go through the initial initial um, intake and then the training. Um, but I think the biggest resource, honestly, is, is my caseworker, Merritt. She's fantastic. She's my godsend. She's my, uh, I, I just have to, I just talk to her all the time and she's just amazing. And so um, I think having the caseworkers that Jennifer's hired um, and has on her team that she's trained, honestly, has been the biggest resource for me. I've called Mayor just to like vent about something. I called her to celebrate things before. I called her when I had to throw up the white flag. I was like, I need help. And she was like, give me five minutes. And she did what she did her magic. And she was able to help me on a really kind of tight situation I found ourselves in um, back a few months ago. And so I just can't even speak enough about um, the caseworkers and how supportive they are. And I'm just so glad I have angels um, on my side. I love hearing that too. Yeah, no, it's, and it's so true. I, I tell everybody, I'm like, let me just tell you what happened. <laughs> They do have a great team, and I will say that that is one of the many things that I have been impressed with about Angels as well, is just the the intentionality and the care that you can tell the staff puts into each and every relationship they develop. Um, so I, I love hearing those stories, too. And then, Jennifer, you founded Angels here in Oklahoma City in 2008, and this was after your family had fostered one of your daughters through another similar organization in San Diego. When your family moved here, you decided to switch careers and and found Angels, Um, and then you really have helped reform the foster care system in the state of Oklahoma through your leadership, partnership with DHS and other agencies. What has meant the most to you in watching Angels grow and thrive as an agency, helping children in foster care, and then supporting parents like Kay? 
would have to say when we jumped in um, over 10 years ago, foster care looked a lot different. Now, I feel like it's a household name mm-hmm. or, you know, angels, any supporting agency um, would completely back me on this, that foster care is now on the mind of so many more people. And I feel like Angels Foster Family Network is truly that. It's a hub and spoke system. We reach out to um, different agencies that fill the needs of our foster families and they become, you know, a partner in that. We collaborate in the community Um, We listen to our foster families and what their needs are. We are always doing, um, you know, a survey monkey or something about just a, just a simple topic like daycare or what are your needs or, you know, what, what, what's something new we need to look at. We, we want them to be the voice of programming. And as a previous foster family, I know that that means a lot to me to have a voice And um, I look at that and the people that we hire, and it's just a beautiful thing to see. Even foster families who have possibly fostered for several years, adopted and moved on, I love how they stay connected, whether it's through their company, finding out ways to donate, volunteering, doing things that they enjoy, giving back, and their kids are giving back to the community. Um, we, We work with high school students. I love seeing how our entire community has evolved. And it's not just because of me, for sure. It's because of all of the people that I've connected. And I think those people, just even like Metro Family, or like you, especially in the articles you write about foster care, they touch the lives of so many people. And that's really important. And that just makes me feel so good. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like I've completed my goal in life. It's been a beautiful thing to watch the, the evolution of foster care in Oklahoma. And we're having a much different conversation about it today mm-hmm. than, than we did when Metro Family really started reporting on foster care. That was probably six years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It does, it does look different. There's a lot of things to celebrate for sure. Definitely. Okay, over your last year of being a foster mom now, uh, tell us what have been some of the biggest challenges for you, and then what have been some of your biggest rewards? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I think there's, there was, first of all, just challenge having two toddler, you know, two under kids under five. That's a challenge no matter who, you're, who you are. Um, but I'd say specifically in foster care, I think the, the, the biggest thing that's been maybe not a challenge, but something I've had to kind of you, you, real, you hear about it through training and until you're in action with it, you don't know. And that's around trauma. You know, every kid has trauma. It doesn't matter if they're a baby and they're two days old or if they're two years old. Um, you know, when they come to you and the way they come to you through foster care, they're going to have trauma. And so I think um, kind of working through that with um, my, really with my current foster son, because I've had him for a year now. Um, so yeah, cause I've been a foster mom for 15 months. Yeah. And he's been with me for 12 with a 15 months. And so, um, so I think kind of working through the, the, the trauma, the trauma outcomes. I don't want to say behaviors because I don't think it's his behavior. It's the outcomes of his trauma and the way he's exerting those things. And so, cause he's a good kid. They're all good kids. He just has, you know, the way he does that. So kind of working through that with him, with his daycare, um, just really kind of happened to, luckily there are a daycare that understands foster kids. And so they really kind of help with that process too. So I think that's been a little bit of a challenge just because you want him to be um, you want him to, to be as happy and safe as he can. And so whatever we can do to kind of help push them through that. Um, but I see on the other side, the rewards are way out, 
way outweigh the, tr the, the uh, bad part of it. So um, one is just watching him thrive and walk and talk and learn all those things and like watching him learn new words every day and, you know, figure out ways to tell me things without words. And so I think that's been really cool. Um, watching his relationship with my son, my biological son, um, that watching their little Bubba relationship form has been awesome. And really the other thing I'd say that surprised me that I didn't think would be so rewarding, but has been, has been bridging with his bio mom. Um, and so his bio mom is worked very hard and is doing what she needs to do and she should be, he should be going back to her a few months. And so that's just been a really relationship that I didn't expect to come out of foster care. They, you know, you hear some stories, you hear, of course, all types of stories about biological parents. Um, but, you know, his mom, it was not great at the beginning and it is great now. And it's because we worked on it. The two of us worked on that relationship and we, we made sure to talk often. And, you know, I, I tell her things about her son and she asks questions about her son and we've really worked that process. And so now I kind of feel like I've become like a little mentor to her, sort of. I don't want to say that at a point of privilege, like I'm her mentor by any means, but she has reached out and told me like she appreciates my support and she's been, and I appreciate her honesty. And we've been really been having some really good conversations about parenting and what that looks like and giving her advice. And so um, I really, that's been a, an unexpected reward of fostering for sure. That's incredible. I remember when you and I first talked and you were thinking about becoming a foster parent, yeah. you were kind of going through that process. And that was one of the pieces of this that I feel like made you nervous, but you also were really excited about the opportunity to make those connections. Yeah. And it's a perfect segue into our yeah. into <laughs> talk about next, um, which is the importance of foster parents understanding that when it's possible, they're not only serving as caregivers of these children, but they're also a support for those biological parents in the hopes that the family can be reunited. Mm -hmm. uh, Jennifer, will you talk about why that piece of training and that support for your foster parents as it relates to building that relationship is so integral to what ANGELS does? Sure. Um, first of all, every child deserves to be with their family. You know, that's, that is so important. They're, they're from that family. They're biologically connected. They, if, if we can give their family the support to heal or get through, you know, whatever tragedy has happened in their life, that is so important. But I have to say working with the biological parents as a foster adoptive parent also has helped me with my daughter to understand I did everything I could to make sure you could be with your family or have a connection mm -hmm. because it's her story. It's her family. It's her, um, it's her life. And I never want my child to always be looking over her shoulder on the airplane and always wondering is that my mom? Mm -hmm. Is that somebody that's related to me? They have my nose. They have my hair. I want her to know them and to have pictures or be able to have a connection. And we have a beautiful connection with her aunts, with her sister, with her brothers. She has several sisters that she'd never even met before. And because of technology, she's connected. Um, we visit, we go to California specifically to see her family and we, we love it. We used to live there, but it's really a connection for her. And because she knows we did everything we could to help her family heal and help her be able to have that connection. It, what it did is it built trust in us as parents. And I want that for every foster family. I never want an adoptive or a foster parent 
to ever feel like, oh, I'm going to lose this child because you're not. They are going to always love you and trust you. Once a child trusts you and you're in their life and they see how hard you work for the best outcome for them. And as they get older, it gets even better because having her come to me on just a random night and give me a hug and just tell her, thank, tell me, thank you. There's just nothing better than that. And you know, she's going to know her story all the way and never have questions. And I think as you share little bits of information as they get older, um, because they are going to have questions and there are things you do to protect them, but it's, it's her story. And she always knows that I will, I'm there for her and we love her no matter what. And we love her family. We, we want that connection. And so, um, also having our foster parents learn through trainings, maybe about domestic violence through Palomar or Remerge parents who are incarcerated, you know, working with these mothers and seeing the good outcomes that they have is also just another connection in our network on how to help these families heal and to learn from their parents. What do you need to heal? Sometimes your DHS safety plan or plan is not enough. Mm -hmm. And so it takes seeing what good parenting looks like. And so that's, that to me, I hope I answered your question, but that's so important to me on really working with the biological family is it's really about the child. It always is mm -hmm. and about their future and what's best for them. And one thing I have noticed that's kind of a neat tidbit is a few years ago when we first started this, Erin, kids were going home in about 24 months or finding permanency. And in the last couple of years, it's nine to 12 months. We've cut that more than half in the time that kids are finding permanency. And that is because of DHS, they're working on so many new goals and changing the environment at DHS and the focus has changed. The new director is excellent. Um, Justin Brown is phenomenal and his team. So it's, it's like a beautiful thing how foster care has morphed into really supporting the family and the child no matter what. So it's a good thing. I feel very supported as an agency too. So that's great. That's really great to hear. Um, one of the other really transformational things that I feel like Angels has brought to the community is um, HALO. And it stands for Healing Attachment Loving Outreach. This is a 10-week intensive outpatient intervention. It's designed for kids who've experienced relationship-based trauma, institutionalization, multiple foster placements, maltreatment, or neglect. And this is not just available to angels, foster or adoptive families. This is available to anyone in the community. Jennifer, what has been so transformational about this model for Oklahoma parents? Halo is absolutely incredible. And it did start within angels as far as um, the first families to experience the training and the support um, it was founded by Cindy Lee. Um, she is, and, and I'm a founder and Amy Gray is a founder. And we, we just all got together one day to create something that would help these kids with their trauma and be a more positive way. Um, because of its success in our community, in our state, um, it's now gone national and it's its own nonprofit. It's huge. It's, it's incredible because of the outcomes for these kids in such a short period of time. Kids prior to the HALO project would go through therapy 
um, with regular therapists and just go to their private room while the foster parent waited in the lobby. Kids are in um, therapy for four years and we're not sure what their outcome would be. Kids going through the HALO project with support for their families, these clinicians are seeing these children and doing therapy for 10 months or less. And they're, they're healed. They're having amazing outcomes. Their families feel supported. And the beautiful part about it is, is I have on staff, you know, an amazing therapist who can immediately help a home that day. You have a problem and your child's in trauma, you know, we will help you today with the situation. And she also does the private counseling through the HALO project, which is really close to us in uh, far North Oklahoma city, Edmond on Memorial. And they, I can't, I can't say enough about them. Um, seeing a child and a parent speak the same language, but at their own level, um, Cindy Lee has created, uh, books, children's books that have the lesson in the front and then the child's section in the back for the parent to read. And it's amazing how passing those books along to even bio parents when kids go home, it helps that continuity of language for the child to understand different ways of accepting no and um, how to, you know, redo, redo a situation for a better outcome. I mean, all these little things not only work with the kids, but they work with the parents. Yeah. I mean, it's changed the way I even deal with adults or staff or it's, it's really amazing. So the Halo Project, I have to give props to Cindy Lee for just developing the most amazing uh, program and all of her support and knowledge comes from TCU. So it's, it's pretty incredible from the Dr. Karen Purvis uh, Center for Child Development. So we have so much support for foster families and it's now in uh, with a collaboration in several other agencies and now it's gone worldwide. They've gone over into Europe and um, they're teaching Halo in different languages. And it's, it's so amazing. Um, it's given people a solution for a problem that you can't even imagine having in your home sometimes seeing a child suffer. And it's the reaction of what happened to them prior, but it's, it's caused by something that triggers them that maybe we don't even realize um, but it's giving kids a voice and letting them understand how to control their feelings. And um, there's just, there's just nothing like it. It's pretty amazing. I don't know if Kay, have you gone through Halo? I have not. I have not, but I, I need to. Um, I think I've, I've, Mary and I've talked about parts of it, but I've not actually gone through the program yet. Yeah, but it's, it's amazing. And I, I can't say enough about it. And I'm so proud of the project and I'm so proud of Cindy Lee for all that she's done pretty amazing. It is an incredible program. I know the parents that I have talked with that have been through the program just, I mean, it, it's like a miracle for them. Um, not just like you said, for their children, but also in kind of retraining them how to parent a child yeah. who has undergone trauma is just such a, a key piece of it. Um, Kay, you talked a little bit about one of your challenges being parenting a child who's undergone trauma. Um, I know a lot of times for potential foster parents, another fear that they have going into the, into the fostering journey is what, how will the children in their home react? Yeah. Um, I'm sure that was a concern for you going into this, but tell us what has the experience been like for Rex? 
Yeah, sure. So Rex is my five-year-old, just turned five years old this week. Um, you know, it's been good. I, I really can't, I, I really, I, I can't say that it, we've, it's been, it's a really affected him. Now, I'm really lucky. He was three when we started foster care. So I feel like he just kind of thinks is what every family does. I think he doesn't really know the difference um, being as little as he was when we started. I did it on purpose. I wanted to start when he was younger because I wanted him to kind of always grow up with it. Um, and really, he's the reason I started fostering. He's a big reason because um, two things. One is we're all moms. And so you can't imagine your child going into foster care and what that, um, I, I mean, I think about that sometimes, like, I'm like, I can't even fathom. And so, but if, if that happened, I would want him to go into the best home possible. So how can I do that? How can I be a good home for a child to be able to come into a safe place? And so, um, you know, it's been good. I, I, he's a really good big brother. I mean, he of course gets annoyed because brains too, and he wants nothing to do. He, he thinks Rex hung the stars. And so he wants to be around him all the time. And Rex is like, go away. But like any five and two year old would be so, um, but he's also really protective of him and he's very sweet with him. And so I just hope that, you know, my goal when I talked about this in the, in the article is that, you know, this, this gives him the little edge to be just one of the good guys, you know, like he grows up with this altruistic confidence and attitude and like really just kind of um, sees how important it is to continue to give back um, to the community starting in our very own home. So I'm, I'm hopeful for that. I love that. Okay. And I love that Rex's like announcement was that you guys had love to give. And yeah. That's yeah. On his own. <laughs> from the mouths of babes, right? Yes. Yes. So Jennifer, um, in talking about the COVID pandemic, since that's infiltrating everything we're talking about and doing right now, um, this has been a challenging time for all families, but what has the impact been like specifically for Metro foster families and then also for children who are in foster care right now? You know, um, we were prepared for this, even though we didn't know this was going to be the thing we were prepared for, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, we are always prepared for any kind of emergency. And this time it gives me a great feeling to know that our foster families are able to communicate, um, you know, through FaceTime, through their phones, through different methods without our workers literally having to go into the home. And um, we were prepared with meals. Our freezer was full. Mm -hmm. um, we have been able to deliver meals to families who couldn't get out or, you know, had, had some kind of an issue with finding what they needed, able to deliver diapers. We have volunteers who created amazing um, boxes of activities designed specifically for our kids. And um, we're still delivering those, but we're working on, you know, we, we try to get the caseworkers information on what this child likes, if they like butterflies, it's a box of butterfly activities. Um, we try to provide um, school supplies. If for, we gave so many different school supplies to families because their kids' supplies were left at school. Mm -hmm. They literally left for spring break and didn't come back. And so if you needed extra crayons or pencils or notebooks and things like that, we had that. So we were able to provide that for families who are doing some homeschooling unexpectedly. Um, we also um, have been able to provide that FaceTime therapy if families needed it and were having a crisis. But one thing we noticed was because visitation was stopped with bio families because of the pandemic, um, a lot of kids actually stabilized um, because mm -hmm. they weren't having to go back and forth and they weren't being torn. It was a time for them to kind of bond. But we did find that it was also, you know, thinking of the biological parent, we were having to 
you know, make sure that biological parents could communicate via FaceTime or be able to see their children. I mean, I can't imagine how hard that would be when you're working your plan and you're so close to hopefully having your children come home and then not being able to see them for weeks on end. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just been a whole different time for everyone. But in foster care, I feel like we were well supported through DHS. We have um, everything we need. They gave foster parents extra money to help pay for childcare if there was, if they're an essential worker. Um, so a lot of people really stepped up to the plate. We've been able to, we've applied for the SBA loan to help us since we're not able to recruit as many families as we usually have. And that will give us funding at the time when our pipeline maybe has a little bubble in it and we don't have as many families coming in as we have families coming out, like adopting. Um, but what we found is, and it was just the opposite. We've had so many people apply online and do FaceTime interviews more than they would even just come in. And we have the, the ability to do, we do online training. So they don't even have to go into a classroom. They can do their training at home when it's convenient or at that two o'clock since we're all off schedule in the morning and you want to do your quick thing. Um, but all of our staff is able to do things with technology. And so it, I feel like it has gone extremely smooth and my program directors are amazing and we just keep track of every case, even court. They're not, they weren't having court in the courtroom, but they were doing it via um, Zoom court and they were able to get what's really important taken care of. They've had some adoptions done uh, via Zoom and which was kind of different, but um, it, they, the court system has been great. Everyone has been extremely supportive and I feel like our families have been well cared for. Um, we haven't had um, any issues. So I feel really lucky. I, I know, um, you know, it's trying to have kids at home and all the time and not have your normal routine. But I feel like our foster family stepped up to the plate and they did an incredible job. So it's been good. That's great. That's really neat that, um, that you guys have been able to, to shift and adapt so well in this situation. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me today to chat about this. We're going to include under this interview a link for how people can learn more about angels, whether they're interested in potentially becoming a foster family or if they would just like to know some of the simple ways that they could reach out and, and help either angels, foster families, or any foster families that are around them. I know you guys do a great job of providing lots of great options for people to, to step up and help. Um, and thank you both for the impactful work you're doing. You're really making a lifelong difference in the lives of kiddos in our community, and, and we are sure grateful for all the work you do. Oh, thank you so much, Erin, for all of your support, too. We yes. appreciate you. Thank you <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, everyone, for watching. Join us next time on Raising OKC Kids.